You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So it's another late one, so we're going to be doing a double header, which essentially means you get one very late at night and then get another one bright and early tomorrow. So for a lot of you, it's going to be back to back. But um, yeah, today I decided I was going to sleep in a little bit. Not a lot. Wasn't worth it, but I did. And then uh, did something very, very cool that's going to be coming out. I need to, I really want to work hard on getting this done as soon as possible because I'm really excited about it. But I uh, got together with Mark Jarvis today. We had, um, for those of you that aren't in it yet, NFL Mock Draft, I think, is the name of the Facebook group. I'm not sure. But uh, I've got a Mock Draft Facebook group and uh, a bunch of people from that group. Everybody picks a team and they do a live Mock Draft. It's actually pretty cool and um, trades and all the whole nine yards but what we did is we did the uh, more of a reaction kind of show so just like you would see it on television you kind of you know this team is up on the board you talk about some of the needs you know what are you looking at kind of want one of these kind of guys and then boom here comes the pick kind of instant reaction talk about the player so it was just kind of a way of of making it a little bit more real so I I, uh, we, we recorded that audio it's very very long I don't even know I wanted it to be about an hour. I don't know yet, but I think it's hour and a half, maybe longer than that. But um, I had a lot of fun, so that should be kind of cool putting that together. But anyways, that took up a large portion of my day today. But I think what I mostly want to talk about, and I want to touch on a couple other things if we get there. um, But I want to start with the AAF again. I know I already talked about it, but I just, I got to halftime. I'll be honest, I talked it up the other day, I had zero expectations, none. I, I assumed it was going to be just like everything else. I mean, to be honest, I don't even really like college football as much as I love the draft. I love watching prospects. I don't know the last time, or to be honest, if ever, well, probably a couple of Badger games, very rarely will I sit down and watch an entire college football game because what happens every single time, same thing with baseball, same thing with basketball, same thing with every other time I sit down to watch another sport I sit down I get super excited like oh yeah we're gonna do it man I'm gonna watch Clemson Alabama it's gonna be awesome and I sit down it's like this is boring I don't care I just can't get into it I don't know the players it's not really like the rules are different it's just the pace feels different it's just something about it just doesn't feel right it's not the NFL and I just I can't get into anything but the NFL Arena football seems kind of cool, but you got the guys like running before the ball snapped. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Canadian just, I don't know. But I, I'll completely honest, had zero expectations. It was, it's enjoyable. I mean, the score's like nothing. 
I I really like it. And it's it's kind of hard, similar to when I watch a Packer game and then I go downstairs to record the podcast to give an instant reaction. It's hard to kind of gather all my thoughts at once. But I think it you can probably sum it up. Um, there was a, a person who commented on Twitter to something I had said about enjoying it. And his statement essentially was that I think what it does is sort of highlights how poor the product how poor of a product the NFL has become and I I really think that's true I think especially the XFL you heard the a lot of the hype around that from McMahon especially was essentially just being an anti-NFL like we we hear your cries we hear your calls about all these problems that you have and we're going to fix them all and I, I think that's a good thing. And I'm, I'm actually very, very excited. And I, I don't think the AAF or the XFL are going to take over the NFL. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't know if that's necessarily even their plan. Maybe it's more of a long-term goal. Like, we know we can't compete yet, but further down the road, I don't know. But even without them trying to do that, I think it's going to force the NFL to adapt. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of a secondary market not just for players but for ideas kind of like how college kind of gets integrated into the nfl as far as play and scheme you look at some of the technology that's being implemented and the nfl can and should steal it you look at other things they maybe won't adapt to but if nothing else you look at for example one of the quarterbacks got absolutely annihilated his helmet came flying right off his head guaranteed 1000 percent that's a penalty in the nfl nobody threw a flag I don't know exactly what the rules are. I know there was it was kind of on the, you know, on the verge of being a flag because you heard the the announcers going, "Oh, it's close, but technically not a penalty." I don't think the NFL will ever start walking back the player safety, but you look at something like that and you see the positive reaction from fans. It could cause the NFL to rethink what they're doing and say, "You know, maybe maybe people will tolerate that. We thought we were going to change it because people just can't tolerate those kinds of injuries, those kinds of hits anymore. Maybe we're wrong. But if nothing else, it it has this sort of, and especially with the XFL coming out next year, I want them to succeed in their own way, if for no other reason than it sort of creates this free market competition kind of thing. You know, what, what is it that boosts quality and drops price it's the free market you know your tech technology it's, it's competition in the free market it's, it's you look at technology why is it you got cell phones that that can do unbelievable things and every year there's new and better technology and yet the price for the phone that i just bought that was the newest technology if i were to buy this exact same phone that i have in my hand is is dirt cheap compared to what it was just two, three years later, why, why does it go from a $1,000 phone to being a $120 phone? You know, so y- you look at cars even. The technology that gets put in cars, you look at the cool stuff that's coming out now. Like if I were to buy a car today, because my car is, you know, almost legal drinking age at this point. If I were to buy a car that's 10 years old today, that's still an, an incredible upgrade technologically from what I had. But they're dirt cheap. Because they're 10 years old. Because there's new and awesome technology coming in. You can, you can even look at it with food and, and, and different things. Not just you know looking at price going down and, and all this stuff, but different varieties and choices. You know, you look at food, you got people that do weird stuff that I'm not super into. You know, all natural health food stuff. I mean, it's, it's not for me, but they've got entire grocery chains dedicated to that. 
And then you have other places that maybe don't specialize in it, but they start adopting some of those principles. So if you want to go over to you know, Walmart or Hy-Vee or whatever store you got near you, they've got some of that stuff because people kind of want it. So now you know, if you want to compete, you got to step up. And that's kind of the point. The NFL has been allowed to erode and make terrible decisions because who's really going to step in and check them? The entire reason of what I said before about my little diatribe about how I'm never going to leave the NFL because I've got nowhere to go, it's just in my DNA, it, it, it's kind of true. It's just the NFL has a monopoly. There's nowhere else to go if you want to watch football. So I think having things like the AAF, which is basically the NFL, I mean, it, it looks and feels just like the NFL. I think even being broadcast on CBS was huge because you got the same kind of feel, the same graphics, the same kind of announcing, the same everything. Everything just felt like you're watching an NFL game. You just don't recognize the jerseys. But if nothing else, it's going to force the NFL to be better because if you don't, these things will take over. There's going to be people like me who are like, yeah, but I'm a Packer fan till I die. You know, it is what it is. But what about the younger generation? I mean, it, how, how long is it going to take before people coming up right now, people who are in middle school and high school who have choices, are clearly going to see one is better than the other? And then if the XFL comes out, I mean, it, it's going to be kind of like a cool thing. Like, what are the young people doing? And as much as people like me are going to say, yeah, I go on Twitter, I go on Facebook, all my friends still watch the NFL, all my friends still do this. So what? My friends are getting older. There's a younger generation coming up. They're going to change the dynamic. Every single day, every single year, every single decade, it's it's a new group of people with a, a new, you know, idea of what's right and what's better. And as impossible as it seems today, it's not going to take long for one of these things to be bigger and better. And I'm again, I'm not saying the NFL is going anywhere, but I, I like the fact that it's going to force the NFL to be better. You have to adapt. I mean, I was thinking about this too. What is the latest technology the NFL has implemented? I went on the AAF thing, and they're talking about their app, which, by the way, I can't find it. If you can find the app somewhere, I've got an Android. I went to the Google Play Store thing. It's not in there. But if you go on their website, first of all, you can watch the games live on your phone, which I guess if you have Verizon, you can do that with the NFL, too. I have Verizon. The problem is you go on Verizon, you try to watch it on your phone, it lags, and it's horrible, and it doesn't work. But as far as I can tell, every single game, if you want to watch it, it's on your phone. So that's the problem with the NFL, too. They get all these massive contracts for exclusive rights for this or that or the other. So you have to pay for everything. you got to pay for this, pay for that, pay for everything. But beyond that, there's two tabs. If you click on the other tab, there's actual live tracking. And not like you get with the NFL app or with uh, you know Yahoo where it's just like a little line. Like, oh, 10-yard pass, and it tells you what the little line means. Or some of them even actually a cool little arcing thing if it was a pass. It makes it look like, ooh, check it out, it arced. That's how you know it's a pass. No, this literally, in live time, you can see all these little dots moving on the field. You can actually watch guys run routes down the field as like little dots, like a video game, and there's a tracker in the football, so you can watch the football traveling on the field. And if you think about it, that's not even like groundbreaking technology. That's pretty basic technology in 20, what year is this, 2019. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, yeah, you got to spend some money and stuff, but I mean, come on. It's not that big of a deal. What was the last time the NFL innovated anything? What, sticking a camera in a pylon? That's not even technology. That's just sticking a camera in stuff. Before that, what was it? A camera on a string that travels around? 
Again, not technology. It's just a camera. The last cool technological thing I can remember is the robot on Fox. And that's not even the NFL. That's Fox. And that was like the last cool, like, dude, did you see that robot? Whoa. I mean, what are they doing to innovate? They're not doing anything. The, the, the big thing is, oh, let's expand to England. Let's expand to Mexico. Like, I, no, it's just, it's more money. We want more money. We want more fans. We want more people. We want more power. And that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to rag on them too much. It's just, it feels lazy and it feels like they're entitled and it feels like they know that fans are not going anywhere and they've got the market cornered and they're just, they're not really trying. And all we get now is football games, which is flag after flag after flag and and ridiculous rules and ridiculous controversies on the field and off the field. And you got Roger Goodell, who acts as this massive power source who delegates punishments that don't make any sense. You know, this guy obviously gets in a ton of trouble because he took an illegal substance, which I guess is fine, but, you know, apply it normally. Don't then turn to somebody who did something violent and give them a lesser pun. It just, nothing makes sense. So here I am watching the AAF and it just feels right. It's faster because there's a a shorter time period. There's a couple little sound glitches in there, but I can actually hear the the people communicating, which I kind of didn't know if that was on purpose, but it was kind of cool. Like, it's not like a big mystery what they're talking about. It just felt kind of like I was there, like it wasn't this distant thing with the camera zoomed way out and you can see them running out. No, it's like the camera's right there. You're walking with the players over to the sideline. You can hear him talking to the coach. You can kind of hear him talking in the huddle. And then there's just no flags. And then when there is a flag, it just kind of makes sense. It's something that like the offensive line moved way too early and is like, oh, whoa, 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 we have to stop it. Why? Because they just moved a little too early. It didn't just feel like this judgment call where it's like it's just a rule because it's a rule. Like, no, that's that's like a rule that we have. No, it's just like, hey, stop a minute. You guys started moving too quickly. Let's let's run that again kind of thing. There's no controversy there. It's not even a cl- close call. And most of all, they just let guys play. There was another quote-unquote controversial call that I saw that was a no call. And it, it absolutely is a flag in the NFL 100 times out of 100, but essentially what it was is the guy did have his hand on the wide receiver before he got there, but the pass breakup came 100% all ball. Now, his hand was on him, but he didn't turn his body. He didn't slow him down. He just happened to have his hand on his shoulder, use his other hand to swat the ball away. It's just two guys playing football. It's a little bit physical, but it's nothing. it's not a problem, and they didn't call that. I just felt like I was watching football being football for the first time in a very long time. And they made it, you know, and that's the other thing. We watch the NFL and it's like, well, what are you supposed to do? How do you fix it? You can't just make this away and you can't just do this. And everything that people just say, well, you can't just do that. The AAF just did it. And you sit down and watch it and you go, wow, this is good. Why is this so good? Because they don't make ridiculous excuses. They're just doing it. Like, don't call all those penalties. Okay, How about we get a microphone so we can hear some stuff? Okay. How about a little cool little technological thing? Okay. How about you get to watch it free? We got it on TV for free on CBS, but you only get one game. Oh, that's fine. Go on our website. You can watch the other game. Oh, okay. How are you going to make money? What do you mean? We got commercials. I mean, a lot less, which by the way, I literally went into the kitchen to go get a string cheese and that I didn't even make it back in time. 
I don't know how that's possible. They have eight-second commercials, apparently, but I didn't make it back in time to get back to the, the game. I think it, they did say, like, 60% less commercials. But, yeah, guess what? Still making a ton of money on commercials. And, by the way, we sell tickets. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's how you make money. Never mind. What was I thinking? I thought you had to sell out the rights to stuff for billion-dollar contracts and make sure half the country can't watch it unless they buy a $150 cable package. Turns out you don't have to do that. It just feels to me like they took all the bad decisions away and just put it out there, and they're like, what do you guys think? And I sat down and watched it, and I almost cried. It was just beautiful. And I don't even like the... I don't know these teams. The players aren't as good. But you know what? The players looked fired up. They were super motivated. And it just seemed like they wanted to go out and play. It's not... And I don't mean any disrespect or anybody in particular. But you don't have, you know, guys making $15, $20 million a year who just act like I don't care. And they're out just doing whatever they want to do. These are guys that are hungry. They're not making a bunch of money. They're hoping they can get back into the NFL. They're super pumped up, and you get to see guys fired up that you know aren't making a lot of money. It just feels real because it is real. Every single person there is playing because they want to be there because they love the game. I loved it. And all I could think is, imagine if I actually had a rooting interest. Imagine if I actually knew these players and cared about these teams, how awesome this would be. I thought I would hate the fact that they got rid of the kickoff. Everyone's like, oh, polls say people don't like the kickoff anymore. I'm like, come on. I love the kickoff. It's awesome. Turns out I don't. There's no kickoff, and it's just awesome. Because a kickoff is just an extra delay. You get rid of the kickoff, it's just football all the time. And then you shorten the commercials, and it's even more football. And then you shorten the play clock from like 30 seconds to 25, and guess what that means? More football. Take away a bunch of penalties. What does that mean? More football. So I like it. I don't, I, you know, I don't know everything of what this means, but I, I'm just telling you, I sat down and I watched it and I really liked it. And I'm kind of upset that I'm not watching the second half. But I'm incredibly excited to uh, to continue this and to see what the implications are. I'm, I'm hopeful. From everything I can see, everybody really likes it. I'm not alone in this. Um, got a lot of big, good responses. I just very quickly checked Twitter and, it, yeah, Everybody seems to agree. So if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know. Go try to find it or something. I think there's games tomorrow too. I don't know. Gotta gotta check that out. But of course, yeah, there there is the other aspect, and I, I don't mean this to be a trash NFL thing because it's, um, I, th- the whole thing is hopeful. It, it's it's positive, and I think it's going to be positive for the NFL. It has to be, because at the end of the day, if the NFL refuses to budge, they will lose. They will. Because there's always somebody younger and hungrier, and the NFL has the benefit of being this massive organization. It's not like a restaurant. right? If I start a restaurant, and I'm the only restaurant in town, and I don't make good food, people are still going to show up because I'm the only restaurant. But at some point, somebody's going to start a restaurant. And I'm, so what I'm saying is, it's a lot easier to open up a McDonald's chain or a little mom-and-pop restaurant and actually care than it is to start a football league. But guess what? We got some leagues coming out. We got another league starting. We got the XFL starting. And if they can continue to produce this quality and continue to innovate, continue to grow, continue to listen to what the fans want, give the fans what they want, continue to improve the experience of the fans, it will not take long. Once they start expanding teams, once they start making more money, once they can start playing payers, players more money, paying players more money, NFL's in a lot of trouble. 
they better be paying attention. That's all I'm saying. It's going to take a while, but if they don't grab onto this, because they're the big dogs, steal the technology, right? Get rid of the massive cable contracts. Start putting the do one better than that. Start putting stuff back on Twitter. Put it put it on YouTube. Give it to these big things. Put it on Hulu. I don't care. Yeah, you got to pay for Hulu, but what is it? 10 bucks a month? I'll I'll do that any day of the week over, you know, the cable package besides the fact that nobody even in my family wants cable anyways. It's an excuse for us to get Hulu anyways. Right, they have a lot of options. Take that technology. You have so much money, you know how quickly you can take that technology with the, the tracking the players around? You can steal that in a second and put it up on NFL.com in like five seconds. But there's a piece of me that feels like the NFL is going to be too prideful in the, in the things that they do. For example, they don't want to let people inside too much. They don't want to let us peek behind the curtain too much. They don't want to give us too much free stuff. They want to put a paywall in front of everything. Right? I mean, that, that's, that's pretty valuable to be able to have that little tracker thing. Another thing that they had, by the way, on the AAF, when there's a challenge, they shoot up a camera. And I never even thought of this. It's one of the most simple, basic things that was awesome. If for no other reason than you know why things are taking so long and just understand like what's going on, you get to listen to the guy in the booth in New York or wherever he is talk. And even though it did take a while, it actually took like 10 seconds. And the guy had a call, but it was just the fact that it was, you know, first of all, are you there? Hello? Hello? And then it was, so what was the, the, the call on the field? Was it that it was a catch? And then it was just after that, he like watched it one time. He's like, okay, here's what happened. He only had one foot down and he did not possess the catch. Got it? Good. Then it was, okay, what's the game clock? Where does the ball get set? This, that, you know, doing all the details. But it gives me something to do and a little bit of an understanding and kind of like a behind-the-scenes thing. So this whole experience is awesome as opposed to the NFL where you're sitting there going, what is going on? He obviously didn't catch it. Can we get going here? I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, if you can't tell, I'm a little bit blown away just by, because it's awesome, because it's simple. And everything about it was exciting. And I'm excited to see how the NFL can learn and adapt and grow and hopefully not be this, you know, big, bloated, archaic, not wanting to move, not wanting to budge thing because that's going to hurt all of our enjoyment. Just do what they do, please. Just steal it. Take all their stuff. Take the technology, change the rules, do it all. But anyways, the the other thing that will be hopefully pretty exciting, and I'm not sure how it's going to be implemented, but during the free agency time, during the... Um, not so much the draft necessarily because I think all these guys have already been drafted or their draft eligibility is is done for one reason or another. But you get to a little bit later in the season, you start hearing people chirp up about what about this guy? You know, I think the Packers should sign this guy from this team, from the AAF. You know, you start hearing those conversations like, oh man, we need an edge rusher. And instead of, okay, who are the free agents? You get who are the free agents and who are the AAF guys? which is going to add a, a pretty cool element to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Again, zero expectations, and I really do think it's here to stay. To what capacity, I don't know. I, I think it'll function just fine as a way to... I, I think at its best, it's a good way for guys to hone their craft and or you know, show off their, case, their skills so that they can get back into the NFL. It's also a good way to kind of innovate beyond just scheme but innovate technology innovate 
you know, advancements and this, that, or the other, change the rules up here and there so that we can, the NFL can adopt those things later on. And I kind of hope that's what happens. If not, then, you know, I guess we'll all just sit back and look forward to the day that the NFL goes bye-bye. Even though, of course, we don't actually look forward to that, but that's what they would deserve because it's just ridiculous. The fact that it really is this easy to create a product that's enjoyable, just, it's exciting, but upsetting at the same time. Because it's either stubbornness or ignorance, in my opinion, and or possibly a little bit of both. But anyways, again, be sure to check it out because I thought it was pretty cool. I do have a rooting interest. They did not play today. And yes, there is football tomorrow. We have Memphis at Birmingham at 3 o'clock, Salt Lake at Arizona at 7. And Salt Lake is um, the team that I have tentatively taken on as my own. And I also decided Arizona, I think, is my least favorite team. So there you go. Very, very adamant that uh, it's going to be a good one, man. I don't exactly remember why. I just know I don't care for Arizona. Didn't like their logo, and I looked at their team roster, and it was like there's nobody here at all that I like. So in my mind, this is Packers-Bears week one, man. But uh, yeah, let me know. Let me know what you thought. Um, Again, seems to be all positive on the Twitters, but uh, if you did or didn't agree, let me know. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. The other couple things I wanted to touch on very, very briefly, it's going to be, I believe, a short podcast, unless I get a little caught up in my thoughts, but they both pertain to uh, Aaron Rodgers. The first one is there's some news going around that, uh, well, it's not really news, but uh, there was a clip of Aaron Rodgers talking about going over to London, and it's a pretty straightforward problem. The, The guy doing the interview had mentioned that the Packers are the last team to make it over, meaning every other team has gone, or I guess will with the next schedule release. I didn't know that, um, but it seems mostly pretty negative as far as people not wanting to go there. Now, the the issue, supposedly, at least according to Aaron Rodgers, is that uh, the Packers refuse to give up a home game, and uh, teams that play the Packers refuse to give up a home game because Packer fans travel so well, the teams that are having the Packers come to their home game are going to sell more tickets and therefore make more money. So there's a bit of a stalemate, and Aaron Rodgers said he's kind of hopeful that uh, the league will just intervene and say, look, you're going, and this is how it's going to be, whether it's a Packers home game or somebody else. I would assume it's not going to be the Packers that are going to be forced to leave. That would seem a little silly, just because, as he said, the, the Packers are completely sold out for a very long time. Like, if they're going to play the Jaguars, I understand you're going to sell more tickets, but first of all, still not going to be sold out because nobody comes to your garbage games, no offense. Second of all, you guys are basically, you know, the London team anyways, so this is happening. Deal with it. But I, I kind of do like it, and I, I know I kind of railed against the, the idea of expanding, and I really generally don't think it's a good idea, um, just because it doesn't make sense as far as the travel schedule. But if, if that's the way we're going, and even if it's not, let's say this, this experiment doesn't work and we decide we're not going there, Roger Goodell gets fired or steps down or whatever, and somebody else steps in that's, you know, has a little bit more, like... Well, I'll be polite and just say, let's just say he views things differently and says, let's focus on doing the things we're already doing better as opposed to trying to, you know, conquer the universe. 
even in that event, this is an opportunity to go there and find fans. Because the, the popularity of the sport is expanding, right? They're, they're not going to go to Mexico City because that's the first time they're going to be exposed to football because who's going to show up? You're only going to go there to a, a stadium that has 100,000 people capacity if you think you're going to pack it with 100,000 people from Mexico that want to watch a football game because there are that many people. And you go to London because there are that many people in England who are big football fans. And I don't mind that. Even if it's just a promo, even if we're not going out there and it's just a matter of trying to promote it, fine, let's do world tours. Let's go to Australia. Let's go everywhere else. Let's try to build it up. But I want the Packers to have those fans. I I did an interview. I did a couple, actually. One of the times I did an interview with somebody over at the BBC talking about the Green Bay Packers. And what he had mentioned is he probably sees more Packers jerseys than just about anything else. He said he sees a lot of Patriots. He sees a decent amount of Steelers. And I asked him about the Jaguars. And he said, yeah, yeah, there's a good amount of Jaguars here too. But he said Packers jerseys are everywhere. Now, similar to what I said about the NFL and the AAF, the Packers do have a really big fan base. But things change. right? A lot of Packers fans grew up Packers fans because they watched Brett Favre. A lot of young people now maybe are... are becoming Packers fans because of Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, you got all these other quarterbacks that are kind of taking over. It, it really is big moments that, that make fans, right? The, the Packers had a big fan base, you know, back a long time ago with the Ice Bowl and all this other stuff, and there, there's certain things. You know, Little Wayne is a, a big Packer fan. Why? Because he lived in uh, New Orleans when the Packers went down there and won a Super Bowl, and like his dad got a bunch of Packers swag, so he was drinking out of Packers cups and stuff, so that's how it happened. It was a trip to the Super Bowl that did it. You know, a young kid gets to see, like, this team wins the Super Bowl when it's in your city. It has an impact on fans. You don't really think about it in those terms, but, you know, it could be one really big game. It could be a playoff win. It could be a Super Bowl win. It could be traveling to London. These things have the ability to create thousands of fans every time it happens. And it's it's good for all of us to have a bigger fan base to be a and you know it matters because whenever there's an argument about biggest and best fan bases, every Packer fan jumps on there and wants to brag about Packers fans. So don't act like you don't care. But it's good for the Packers, it's good for the organization and it's good also because this may not be a forever thing. In fact, it won't be a forever thing. There will come a time when Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback anymore. And in fact, I mean, we, we might not even need to get that far, not trying to get dark or morbid or anything else. Nobody wants to think about it, but we haven't been a good team for a couple years now. But either way, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be the quarterback forever. There's no reason to believe that we're not headed for a dark period. What is going to sustain the success? What is going to keep that stadium packed? Who are the people tuning in to, the, the, to watch the Green Bay Packers to give those Packers the, 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 the money for all the te- people watching those games. Well, if nobody's watching the games, then they're not going to be broadcast as far and wide as they used to be. Who's going to be buying the jerseys when there's no jerseys? There's, th- listen, there's just no revenue going in, and that becomes a dangerous thing. It's a small market. They need to have a really good team. They need to have a big fan base. And it's also good for people like myself, obviously. If I want another hundred, another thousand, whatever listeners good way to do that is for the Packers to go over to London, convert a bunch of people to Packers fans. They start poking around like, well, oh, what kind of material can I consume? Let's find a, a podcast, 
Of course, the UK Packers podcast is probably going to be their go-to, but who knows? Maybe they stumble across a Packernet podcast. It's good for all of us. It's, it's, it's good to have them travel as ambassadors, whether it's to London or, you know, San Francisco. Who cares? But these things are important. Another thing the Packers refuse to do, hard knocks. I, you know, granted, hard knocks usually cast you in a negative light as opposed to a positive light, but it's entertaining and it gets people invested. I get invested in players after hard knocks. I get invested in coaches after hard knocks. You get to know these people and, and you know, maybe you don't exactly want to see how the sausage is made, but that's another way to just reach out. So yeah, I would like it. And I understand the, the, the travel schedule is tough, but whatever. Every other team has done it, so it's, you know... Are the Packers winning the Super Bowl every year because they don't have to ever go to London? No, that's not what happens. That's not how that works. Somebody's going to travel there. Somebody's going to win. They're going to come back to the United States, get acclimated, and they'll be fine. It's no different than, you know, everybody has short weeks once in a while. Not everything's fair, nor should it be, nor will it be. Talked about that, you know, after the Super Bowl. It's fine. Just go. You know, if you don't want to do hard knocks, fine. I'll just watch all these other garbage teams, you know, figure out how to play football and realize that they're all terrible and just pretend the Packers aren't like that and they're great. It's only these other teams that are dysfunctional and horrible. But just go to London, okay? I actually really enjoy that game. I love I love all the people. I love the energy in there. I love the fact that there's a huge roar of applause every time somebody kicks a ball. I think that's hilarious. I think hearing the national anthem as well as God Save the Queen is just, I, I don't know why, I think that's awesome. You hear everybody singing along with it. National anthem's usually better, but you can't match the energy with uh, the, you know, English national anthem. It also just kind of feels unifying, which is cool. Not really Packers related. I don't know. It's just a very cool experience. So mark me down as a yes, please. I'd like to go there, even though that and that is a new stance for me. I I like the non-hard knock stance because I I don't want any outside interference. I like the non-London stance, and it felt like me. It felt like the Packers saying, "No, we're, we we don't want to make things any harder than they have to be. Let's if we can just say no, let's just say no." But I think uh, I think we got to think in a little bit bigger terms than that. Granted, I don't want to give up the home game, but <laughs> you know, whatever. If you got to give up one, I guess that's fine. But I still think that would be a little silly. And and beyond that, one final point. The fact of the matter is there are Packer fans over there. Every other fan of these teams, there are some diehard Packer fans in Europe that would be more than happy to go see the Green Bay Packers play that cannot come all the way to the United States to watch them play. I think it would be good and fair and right for them. Granted, there's also fans in in France and in China and, you know, Brazil that we're not going to go see them. But still, that's a thing. Every other fan in that country has seen their team come. Packers need to get out there. All right, I'm off it now. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited 
about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. The last thing, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time because this is just a perpetual thing. Greg Jennings, it was another video um, on the Colin Coward show talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I don't even really want to get into the specifics of the comments. I, I more or less want to kind of turn it back to the fans and say, on one hand, yes, absolutely, it's it's fine and great and right to stand up for the quarterback. But I think sometimes we get a little silly with this. You've got guys, and now and, and they went through the list. It's it's Greg Jennings, Jeff Janis, Kabir Baja Biamilla, and Jermichael Finley. And there's probably a bigger list than that. In fact, there is a bigger list than that. But this is just the list that he happened to mention. It, it It's a mile long at this point of guys who in one way or another have said something somewhat, ne- not like I hate the guy, he's a bum, he's not that good. Just like, you know, he's kind of tough to be around. Not a super great leader. Really doesn't listen to the coaches. I don't know where we come from to say that Greg Jennings doesn't know what he's talking about. We, who have never been in that locker room one time, who see his attitude on the field and say we don't like that he has an attitude on the field. We know he gets into it with Mike McCarthy and doesn't call the play that he's supposed to be calling. We know that that happens. We've seen him call out coaches. We've seen him call out wide receivers. We've heard him say things like, you know, I'm, I'm getting too old for this to be putting up with this nonsense. We know he said he's not like a, a rah-rah guy. He's not going to get... We've heard all of these things... To hear Greg Jennings and other people say, you know, he's kind of hard to coach and all this other stuff, and then to turn around and say, how dare you, you're a bum, you don't know what you're talking about, I just don't get that. Where are we even coming from with that? And I say we because it's, it's listen, this is just Packers Twitter, man. Greg Jennings, when he gets attacked, it's, it's us that's doing it. So I guess just kind of as a group, if we can get together and just have a conversation about this real quick... I kind of think maybe they have a point. Not that he's a bad quarterback. Not that he's going to be terrible for the rest of his career. I don't think anybody's saying that. He's just got some things. I think he's got some good things. He's got some bad things. I think that's true with everybody. They're pointing out a couple of his maybe sort of flaws. And it's probably coming up because he had a bad year. And we saw the attitude. And we saw the problems he had with McCarthy and we saw the problems he had with wide receivers and people are saying why is this happening and people who spent years playing with him are coming out and saying I have a thought it's not the end of the world to just be like yeah that's probably what it is so what who cares yeah you know I mean look it is what it is maybe he's not putting in the effort he should Greg Jennings or you know he he kind of apparently made a comment and I didn't even hear it, but something to the effect of reaching out to LaFleur and, you know, getting trashed because, well, you did call him, but he's like, that's not what I meant though. And kind of saying like, are you really all in? I guess my perspective is maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. But sitting here trashing Greg Jennings and telling him he doesn't know and Michael Finley or Jermichael Finley, you don't know. And Jeff Janis, you don't know. And KGB, you don't know. And Donald Driver, you don't know. I mean, and, and we know he's got good relationships with a lot of these people. I don't think it's anything super personal. It's just sort of like, this is kind of a, a, a 
from a receiver's perspective, something that he's not super great at. This is not his style. And again, I, I you know, I don't expect any of any of this to change. I, I was talking to some people at work. You know, one of them's from Minnesota. One of them's from I don't know Kentucky or somewhere down in the Boondocks. So in other words, they're not Packers fans. And and the the thought was, how in the world do you expect him to even play? And we looked at his contract, and it's listen, you know. I'm not again. I'm not saying that he's giving up or he doesn't care anymore. But just look at his contract. Look at his life. He doesn't have many years left, and he knows it. He has a massive contract, about fifty percent of which has been paid to him in cash, in cash, in his bank right now. We looked up Danica Patrick's net worth. It was like sixty some million dollars. He's already banked sixty million of this current contract to date already he's got an awesome life everything about his life is awesome there's only so much awesome that he can pull from football left again i'm not saying he's not trying but what i am saying is us assuming that he automatically is means we're assuming he's superhuman because me probably you Probably a lot of people in your family and the person sitting next to you and your coworker over there and the guy driving behind you, most of us, if you put $60 million in the bank and say you got another so-and-so million coming guaranteed, you're kind of winding down your career. You've already got a Super Bowl. You're already going to be in the Hall of Fame. You've got a girlfriend that presumably everything's kind of going great. You've got all the vacations and beaches and experiences that you can imagine. You can go out. You know, he seems to be an outdoorsy kind of person. You can go skiing. You can go out on the beaches. You can go hang out with the Dalai Lama. You can go do all these things right now, today. Or, and again, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about me and you. Or, you go play football. You know, you're not as good as you once were. Things aren't exactly the way you want. you got a bunch of people bossing you around. You have to do things you don't want to do with your diet and with an exercise regimen. you got to get beat up real bad, which your body's already kind of beat up. But you'll get a little bit more money. You might get a couple notches on the belt left with a couple playoff wins. Maybe one more Super Bowl championship, which would be really cool. I mean, you want to do that? I'm just saying if it's me, I'm not putting another helmet on. I just, I, you know, I don't know. I think we just expect too much of him. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, to some degree, understand the gut reaction to just defend him right away. But it's not that impossible to say that this guy is just, he's at the peak. And, yeah, he doesn't like to get bossed around. Is it that hard to believe he doesn't like getting bossed around? Is it that hard to believe that maybe he's putting in 97% and not exactly 100 is it possible that maybe in the off season when other people are doing push-ups, he's out on the beach with his girlfriend? Is it possible that while other people are calling up their coaches and are trying to like work together, you know, I know there's certain restrictions on how much you can do, but I'm sure there's some kind of way to converse converse with the guy or at least get together with him, maybe get together with some of your players in a remote location to work on football while some people are doing that. Maybe you're not exactly doing that. Maybe you're on the Discovery Channel swimming with sharks and stuff. You know, you come back briefly to shoot an Allstate commercial that I kind of appreciate, but 98.7% of Packers Twitter hates it because you guys are wrong. Those are actually pretty funny. His agent, I think, is quite funny. But, you know, whatever. Not saying he's bad. Not saying he's a bad person. I've already said I think he's a good person. Could be wrong about that, but I think he is. I just don't know why 
we have to hold him up so incredibly high. Can we allow the man to have flaws? Can we allow the possibility that maybe, maybe he's kind of just, he's got another life now outside of football and he's looking for more balance than maybe some of the younger, hungrier guys are? Can we maybe accept that as a possibility? Can we accept that while some young guys who are trying to get that first big contract do nothing but eat, drink, and sleep football, this guy thinks maybe he's good enough and doesn't need it, even though he's wrong? Is it possible he has that little bit of a flaw, that little bit of arrogance that, again, Jennings and all these other guys have pointed out, maybe these guys who know him are trying to actually tell us something? They're not just lying because they're a part of the... uh, the Illuminati, and they just feel like making stuff up all the time. They're a part of this big grand conspiracy to uh, tank the Packers because the Illuminati are Bears fans or whatever. Does everything have to be a big conspiracy against Aaron Rodgers, or can we just sit back and relax and go, okay, wish I did, wish that wasn't true, but it kind of makes sense. The guy's rich. He's got a ton of accomplishments. He's getting old and a little bit sour and bitter. It happens, but he's still an awesome quarterback. We're still going to the playoffs. We're still going to win a Super Bowl because he's very competitive, and I look forward to the next several years. Can we can we do that, or am I just going to sit alone on that little that, that that island? I don't feel like that last sentence was all that unreasonable. I feel like that's a measured statement. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the crazy one. I don't know. But every time I see this stuff, even if I just say Greg Jennings, people just start seething and foaming at the mouth like, ugh, ugh, he's such a liar. I hate that guy. Like, what did, what did he lie about? I mean, again, maybe. Maybe everybody's just lying and Aaron Rodgers is perfect and flawless. I'm just saying. It's just a thought. I'm just putting it out there. It's mostly just random thoughts today. These are not-so-deep thoughts with Jack Handy, all right? For those of you that remember that skit from Saturday Night Live. Anyways, she's 10 o'clock. I need to go to bed. Tomorrow we're going to continue on, I believe, with our uh, series covering some of our 2019 opponents. That's the plan, anyways. We'll see what happens. I can't imagine things are going to change that much from the time I go to sleep and then wake up. Because that's literally the only th- only thing between this podcast and tomorrow's podcast. But anyways, you folks uh, enjoy, well... I I guess if by some miracle you're listening to this uh, tonight, then enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Otherwise, enjoy your Sunday. Be sure to check out uh, the the next podcast, which should be up by now. I don't know. I'm just saying things. Have a good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.